Right, the next session is entitled An Initial Study into the Lapse Experience of New Generation Risk Products, uh, which I think is uh, really going to be invaluable. I think it's one of the things one learns after many years of learning about mortality at university in the workplace, one very quickly learns that expenses and lapses are probably uh, the, the most important things one wants to sort of model correctly. So I think this will be an invaluable session. Uh, the speakers are Stephen Burgess and Richard Funnenberg uh, from the University of Stellenbosch. Stephen started his career in the corporate uh, world. He was part of the team at Old Mutual that launched the Greenlight uh, product range, a risk range aimed at the mid to high income market. Um, after a too short sabbatical spent traveling around Africa, he joined Sunlam Sky, where he also uh, worked in risk products in the funeral product development team. And in 2010, he joined the University of Stellenbosch where he's starting to find the balance between showing tomorrow's actuaries how to conquer the world as well as adding value himself with his research into solving industry problems. And then Richard is an actuarial student finishing his honours degree and is eager to launch his actuarial career. So employers out there, take note. And um, this presentation is partly based on the work that he did as part of his honours project last year. And when he's not in, immersed in his studies, he likes to go out rowing. So I'll let them... Get rowing. Thanks. That was easy enough. Um, good afternoon, everyone. Um, so, uh, the background to this study, uh, about a year, year ago or so, uh, the LAC approached us and presumably other universities as well uh, to ask us to do some research into to the lapse uh, analysis or lapse experience. Um, so we got our three honor students last year to look at it. Um, they started looking at, at literature and international studies, but they were also keen to um, do analysis of South African experience. So we approached the CSI, um, and four companies agreed to, to uh, contribute to the study. Um, just based on, just quickly on the data, it's completely uh, anonymized. So the data that we received had a company indicator, but we don't know which company is which company. Um, so we're going to look at uh, the last experience of, of these products. It's based on 24 to, to 2010 data. Um, that's the latest data that's, that's currently available. <clears throat> so our, our initial aim was to, to look at the, the lab's data and try to explain lapse experience by looking at policy characteristics and policyholder characteristics. So duration is a policy characteristic for our purposes um, and gender is a policyholder characteristic but then also try to link that to the um, economic, uh, to, to economic variables. And Richard actually did his study on the second part, the economic variables, last year. So this presentation is really going to briefly discuss the international literature that we've uh, managed to unearth. Um, a few comments on international practice and how companies go about modeling lapse rates. Um, and then, but the main focus will really be about the, um, the insights that we got from, from the lapse experience. Hopefully this, I found at least a few, a few interesting things from, from the lapse analysis and there are a, a couple of potential um, explanatory variables that can be used uh, to, to predict lapse rates. Um, and it also shows a couple of interesting interest, um, insights of lapse rates over time. Uh, I'll be very keen if this is valuable to, to the actual profession to, to take this further. Uh, you know, one, one thing to update it with more recent data, and then what we'd like to do is um, build more complicated models or more sophisticated models to, to bring in the economic variables. 
Um, don't worry about the, uh, the literature review and so on, and this is not an academic uh, uh, presentation. But just quickly, um, in general, what we found is that, that most companies would model uh, lapses dynamically uh, where there's some kind of product feature that may affect the, uh, the lapse rate. Um, so dynamically, we kind of, uh, what I mean by that obviously is uh, the, some kind of economic environment is modeled and that the lapse rate is then dependent on that uh, um, modeled economic environment. The kind of product features that we're talking about is on with-profit products would be something like a, a guaranteed in a, in a with-profit uh, product where uh, if market returns reduced and get close to that guarantee, then um, that may affect the policyholder um, not lapsing his product. Alternatively, where bonus declaration is, is out of line with uh, market returns, again, the, the assumption is that, that lapse rates are then affected by, um, by that dynamic. Uh, variable annuity is really uh, kind of is a term that's used in the United States, um, and it's uh, the local equivalent of, of retirement annuities and living annuities. So both of those um, type of products would be categorized as variable annuities. And again, there's some kind of guarantee in these products in the United States. So there would be a minimum return guarantee. Um, and again, if, if market returns reduce close to the minimum guarantee, there's value in that guarantee, and again, that may affect, uh, affect lapse rates. The last product that I've got on the slide there is level term assurance products. Now these are very interesting products because they essentially whole life products, but they are priced for term. So at the end of the 10 year term, um, the products are then repriced. Um, and then because policyholders are older at that point in time, there's often a very big spike in lapse rates at that point in time. And these are the, uh, the, the subsequent consequence of that is mortality experience is much worse um, after that repricing exercise. Um, but I've included that here because that's a very similar product to, to the one that we are looking at. We are looking at uh, new generation risk products, so peer risk products that have been launched in South Africa around about 2000, so since 2000. Um, and we found an interesting uh, graph of United States experience on, on level term, term product. So our products are slightly different, or the new generation risk products are slightly different in the sense that they don't have a particular uh, product feature that one could argue uh, would affect uh, lapse rates, like a guarantee of some sort. Um, but obviously the question is then, or one potential product feature is these compulsory premium increases where uh, products in general, uh, risk products, have either level premium pattern or an increasing premium pattern, and, and there's some concern around what can happen if, if that, that compounded premium increase becomes quite large. Unfortunately, the data set that we have available um, obviously has been, uh, is, is, well, maybe I should have said that, I guess. It's a CSI data set, and, and it's the data set that they use to, to analyze mortality experience. So it's been designed with that, um, that, for that purpose, and it does not include some features that one would like. For example, um, the type of premium. Is it a level premium pattern, or is it an increasing uh, premium pattern? Internationally, kind of, these are essentially the two starting points or hypotheses that, that most um, companies and also the academics use to, um, to model lapse rates. And the first hypothesis is called the interest rate hypothesis. And essentially, the idea is that there's some kind of external interest rate or market interest rate, and that's been compared to an internal interest rate. So the internal interest rate or the product interest rate would be the guarantee. So the difference between the market interest rate and the guarantee is what drives lapse rates, and that is often the, the driver then of, of lapse rate models. Um, the alternative hypothesis is uh, called the emergency fund hypothesis, and, and the starting point there is that policyholders' personal financial situation affects lapse rates. Um, so 
and, and, and those type of models, often some kind of economic in, uh, index is used, like, like unemployment rates. Um, the, the studies that, I've, that we've seen um, do not really support either of these two, these two or there's conflicting evidence uh, for, for these two hypotheses, which kind of suggests, and I guess it makes sense, that, that it's more complicated than just, than just one or the other, um, and that one really needs to look at both the, the, the market as a whole and then obviously the policyholder um, when, when trying to model, model lapse rates. Um, the modeling approach, in other words, how companies go about modeling lapse rates, mostly uh, companies use what I call the purely statistical model. So uh, we've got data, we try to fit a, a model to the data, but there's no real um, attempt to explain why we see what we see. So we just know that uh, male lapse rates are higher than female lapse rates, but we, we don't really know why that's, why that's the case. And that's kind of common, um, the common approach um, internationally. Um, often companies would have to make an explicit assumption, and this is particular where there's some kind of option uh, or a guarantee. So uh, if there's a guarantee and the guarantee is valuable, would policyholders exercise uh, that option or that guarantee? Uh, that guarantee? Um, and more and more the, the, the papers are started starting to talk about whether behavioral economics can be used to, to model lapse rates. This is an interesting study. It's a PwC uh, LIMRA study um, for the societies of actuaries in, South, uh, in America, uh, published last year. Um, and 60% of the companies use the traditional approach, and this stuff that, that we are used to, used to um, essentially some kind of number divided by exposed to risk uh, a measure. But more and more companies are starting to use predictive modelings, uh, modelling, uh, and those type of models would be uh, generalised linear models. Um, and Monte Carlo simulations, but it's more uh, common in the short-term industry than, than in the long-term industry. So if one look at long-term industry, it's really this, mostly the traditional methods that are, that are being used. Explanatory variables, those are the type of things that we obviously, obviously try to use to explain um, lapse rates. This was an interesting study. It's a Milliman uh, study, and they approach companies in Europe and Japan and the United States. Um, and just kind of try to get a sense of how companies go about modeling a lapse behavior. Um, and what is interesting is that only 15% of companies actually um, combine both policyholder and economic variables in a, single, in a single model. So most companies would either use policyholder characteristics like gender or something along those lines, or economic, but, but very few of them combine those two, those two things together. The next two bullet points really I don't think would come as a surprise to most of us, but there's strong evidence to support um, that policy duration uh, affects lapse rates, so lapse rates much higher at early durations than later durations, socioeconomic class as well as policy older age, and, and we are, we've seen all of this in, in the data that we've looked at as well. Um, a lot of studies find, find relationships between unemployment rates in a country um, uh, and, and lapse rates as well as the market interest rates that we spoke about. There's some conflicting evidence on, those, on the um, characteristics at the bottom of the slide there, product type, gender, smoker status. Um, and Richard would talk a little bit about it later, but for example, smoker status is, is one thing that's it's quite a big predictor um, on the data set that we've, we've seen. Some studies have started to look at um, policyholder events, like um, the events of being, being, um, being married or getting divorced or going into retirement um, and trying to predict, predict lapse rates. 
And the argument is, again, trying to understand the underlying reason uh, why policyholders lapse. Um, but those models are still at, early, at an early stage. The modeling challenges, and again, I don't think there's something earth-shattering in here, but the data is the biggest problem, uh, combined, I guess, with the data credibility. And that talks to the fact that, um, A, that, that it's very, very often, very seldomly do, do companies share data in, in, a, in a kind of CSI type, type of uh, arrangement, where, where industry data can be aggregated and, and, and in that way get credible data. Um, and then internally, it's, it takes t quite a long time to build up lapse data, um, and also enough, um, you need enough time to go through a couple of economic cycles as well to get a sense of how lapse experience change in the economic, economic environment. So those are the big, big problems. <clears throat> the Milliman uh, survey actually had a quite an interesting um, comment in that only 40% or, or like, um, 40% of companies in, in, that they've surveyed actually do not uh, track actual experience versus predicted, um, which is interesting. Um, and then of those companies, the 60% that actually do track it, um, and 50% of the cases, the models do not work very well. So I guess it depends on whether you're class half full, class half empty type of guy, whether that's a good or bad statistic. Um, what it also points out to me is that, that there's, some lot, there's lots of work to be done on lapse rate models um, to improve the, 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 the way they predict lapse rates. Right, so in this study, I'm just going to set the scene. Um, and first of all, a disclaimer. Uh, the CSI and ASA had nothing, no involvement with the study other than being the conduit for the data. So I guess that means that um, all the conclusions are ours, Richard and mine. Um, all the mistakes are ours, and we don't think there are any. Um, and if we've done a good job, you know where to, where to find the backs to give us a pat on the back as well. The data is based on 2004-2010, so we've excluded some of the earlier data largely because um, of credibility issues and also the earlier data, um, we needed a lot of data on, or we needed detail on the duration um, of policies and some of the earlier data sets didn't have that, that information available or we didn't trust that information. Um, Four companies con contributed to the study, so it's a fairly, fairly comprehensive study. Um, as I said earlier, the, the data set has been developed to, to do mortality investigation. So all the movements in the data set would be mortality related, you know, number of deaths, and there's a specific movement for that. Change in some assured, there's a specific movement for that. Um, but there's also a catch-all movement, which is called the other movement, or movement 50 is the code. Um, but on a new generation products, um, there are very th few things that you can actually do in this product. So movement 50, um, or other movements, uh, would include stuff like non-take-ups uh, and cool-offs and lapses, and then potentially uh, end of a, a product term, so for, for term, term products. Only 5% of the database include um, term products, uh, and 95% products are whole-life products. And given that these products were only launched early, 20, uh, early 2000s, you know, this will be an insignificant amount of, of movements in that data. So um, we're going to refer to this other movement as lapses. Um, and that, just bear that in mind, it includes non-take-ups non as well as, as, uh, as lapses. And I guess also the other point to make is that um, this is not dependent on a definition. It is literally just, you know, when did the policy come on, when did it move off, and that's kind of when the policy, uh, policy lapsed. So there's no definitional issue um, there. This is the most complicated slide in that it includes the, uh, uh, 
the formula. Um, so it's a central lapse rate. So it's literally just a number of lapses divided by, the, by some kind of central exposure. Um, where we've calculated the exposure on a policy year basis, so the uh, lapse rate is uh, based on a curtail duration and then age nearest at the previous policy anniversary. Um, what makes this uh, rate a little bit more complicated than a mortality rate, a mortality rate, whether you look at policies or lives, um, you know, your central estimate is, is, is unbiased, as they, as they say. For the central, for, for a lapse rate, it's a bit more complicated because a particular policyholder can either decide to lapse one policy or all of these policies, and a, pol a policyholder can earn, own more than one policy. So our data set is not a lives um, data set. We've just got uh, entries at a policy level. So we've got the number of policies that lapse. So my interpretation of the central rate is essentially what proportion of policyholders would lapse in a particular, uh, for a particular duration. Um, the last little technical point before I hand over to Richard is that because this is a fairly new range, uh, product range, uh, the, the product range is still growing. Um, and in particular, um, because we know that, that lapse rates vary by duration, this may have an impact if you look at a lapse rate uh, per calendar year. So this slide over here gives you an idea of the exposure. So the, the darker the blue color, the more exposure we have. So if you look at the bottom right-hand corner of that slide, we've, uh, that's 2010's data, duration 3+. plus. We've got around about 500,000 uh, 500, um, policy years worth of data. The darker the gray, the less data we have. So top right in cor corner, um, we've got less than a thousand years worth of policy um, expo years, policy exposure years in that in that cell. Now, um, if one just looks at an aggregate rate for the for the for the particular year, um, the aggregate uh, aggregated lapse rate would obviously be a weighted lapse rate depending on duration. So if you look at 2004, um, it would be a weighted rate. Um, it, will be, it will be weighted towards duration zero. Um, and if you look at 2010, it will be weighted to duration three. But we know that duration three lapse rates are much lower than duration zero lapse rates. Um, so if you look at an aggregated lapse rate over time, um, there will be a downwards trend just because of the change in the mix um, from duration zero to duration three. So what we've done is um, we will show you guys what we call standardized rates. And what that means is that we've calculated the lapse rate by duration and used the weights of 2009 as a standardized rate. So we would have calculated 2004 lapse rate for duration 0, 1, 2, and 3 plus, and then used 2009 weights to come up with a weighted average for that, um, for that year, just so that we can compare uh, lapse rates over, over time, over calendar time, without having to worry about um, the effect of change in the book, uh, mix of business. And then on that note, I think it's over to Richard who will take you through the the interesting part of the presentation, the actual results. Uh, good afternoon, everyone. We'll start our analysis of the crude lapse rates by first looking at lapse rates for the different durations. Something I should mention, however, is that for the duration analysis, we only included three companies' data. And this is because we noticed some strange lapse behavior for one of the companies in that the duration two and duration one lapse rates were higher than the duration zero lapse rates, which is ins inconsistent with the other companies and with what we'd expect. And we think this is due to a data recording issue in that this particular company did not include non-take-ups in their lapse movement, as Stephen described to you earlier. Uh, however, we do make an adjustment for this, and so all subsequent slides you see will include all four companies' data. 
Turning to the graph, we can see that by the gray line, duration zero elapsed rates were the highest, uh, reaching a peak of about 25%. Uh, next, below that, you can see that duration one and two lapse rates represented by the dark blue and the red lines, uh, about 5% lower than the duration zero elapsed rates. Uh, and their absolute level is actually quite similar. Uh, lastly, the lapse rates for durations three plus were the lowest, and this is represented by the, the light blue line. And this is what we'd expect. We'd expect lapse rates to decrease as policy duration increases. And also over the, over the, the calendar years, you see how the, the difference between the rates seems quite consistent. There was a, s a steady increase in lapse rates until a peak around the financial crisis and then a subsequent decrease. This graph plots our standardized crude lapse rates across all four companies uh, represented by the red line. Uh, together with lapse rates that are published by the, uh, the FSB, and that's the blue line. The FSB compiled, compiled this from a number of typical life insurance companies. Uh, we can see how the, the pattern over time seems broadly similar, but there are a few noticeable differences, and we think this is mainly due to the fact that the FSB used a number of different product types uh, to compile this lapse rate, while we're only looking at pure risk products. Uh, additionally, uh, the FSB likely had uh, access to a lot more companies' data than what we did. Internationally, uh, this graph shows the lapse rates for uh, international level term products and was presented by Swiss Re to the Society of Actuaries in 2012. You can see our lapse rates decrease from 2003 to 2006, and Swiss Re describes this as being due to a st a st the stabilization of premiums as the market became more competitive. and so there were few alternatives to go to for insurance seekers. Uh, then lapse rates started to increase with a peak again around the financial crisis. And this was due to, of course, economic uh, turmoil. And it seems that, at least internationally, lapse rates seem to be affected not only by insurance market dynamics, but also the economy as a whole. Uh, this graph again shows our standardized crude lapse rates uh, by the red line, together with an indication of the variation in the relative experience of the different companies' experience. And so this does not give a particular company's lapse rates whatsoever. It just gives us a very broad idea of how the company's experience differed across the, the time period. And as you can see, it, it's quite significant in a, in a couple of years. Uh, sorry, the variation is measured by the gray bars. And the gray bars are calculated as the maximum lapse rate for that particular calendar year divided by the minimum lapse rate for that particular calendar year across all four companies. And so this variation does question the validity of using this industry analysis for internal assumption setting for a particular company. But as we shall see, when we soon look at the rating factors, uh, such as gender and smoking status, the trends between the companies are quite consistent. And so this industry analysis does provide valuable information from a trends analysis perspective. Earlier I mentioned how we noticed some strange lapse behavior when you looked at the different durations, and this graph illustrates this quite well. Uh, the bars are simply calculated, that, sorry, the bars uh, are the lapse rates for each duration divided by the lapse rate of durations three plus across all four companies and across the entire time period. So it seems that on average, uh, duration two lapse rates seem to be higher than duration one lapse rates. And as I described earlier, this is opposite to what we'd expect. We expect lapse rates to decrease as policy duration increases. And Stephen, I think that this actually points to the possibility of churning taking place in some or all of these companies. And it also corresponds to a clawback period of two years. And it's a combination of some companies having duration two lapse rates higher than the duration one lapse rates, 
and other companies having duration two lapse rates at or just under duration one. Looking at socioeconomic class, uh, we found that lapse rates uh, decreased for, for the, were, for, sorry, were lower for better socioeconomic classes. And this graph shows uh, the lapse rates for each class as a percentage of the best class. Uh, looking at the second best class as represented by the, the blue line, we see that their lapse rates were about 30% higher than that of the best class. And this effect is even more pronounced if you look at the third best class, where lapse rates were about 60% higher than the, the best class. One does notice, however, that in 2004 and 2005, the lapse rates for the second best class and third best were quite similar. And then uh, the third best class's lapse rates increased quite significantly and then stayed at that level for the rest of the time period. And we think this is mainly just due to perhaps a little quantity of data that we had for those years. I think the third best class only, we only had it only took up 13% of our total exposure, as well as the fact that in the years 2004 and 2005, there was uh, relatively less data than in the later years. Now, a couple of reasons why we think this, we think this is due to is perhaps that better socioeconomic classes have a better ability to afford premiums together with the compounding effect that lower socioeconomic classes are likely to have to pay higher premium rates. Uh, additionally, the market, for, in a, the market for better socioeconomic classes is likely more competitive, so insurers uh, are more likely to focus on the retention of policyholders in the better socioeconomic groups. There was actually a fourth uh, best underwriting class that we decided to exclude from this analysis as it only took up 3% of our total exposure. Regarding smoking status, we found that uh, lapse rates for smokers were significantly higher than that of non-smokers. And this is represented by the gray line, which shows smoker lapse rates as a percentage of non-smoker lapse rates. And you can see that smoker rates were about 40% higher than that of non-smokers. And this was consistent across all combinations of rating factors and across companies. And we found it quite surprising. Um, we thought of a couple of reasons for this. Maybe that smokers, when they, if a smoker stops smoking, Instead of just amending their existing uh, policy, they may just lapse the policy and repurchase a new one in order to obtain the higher premium, sorry, the lower premium. Uh, additionally, related to what I said earlier about the socioeconomic classes, uh, the insurance market for smokers may be less competitive than that of non-smokers. Uh, together as well with the fact that smokers will pay higher premiums than non-smokers, and they also have the added addition of cigarettes in their budget. And so there may be affordability constraints there. Uh, looking at gender, we found that male lapse rates were higher than females. Uh, the gray line shows male lapse rates as a percentage of female rates. And you can see the difference there was between 6 and 13%. And the difference stayed quite uh, constant over the, the, the calendar years until 2009 and 2010. Uh, in which the, the differential did increase. And this was because following the financial crisis, lapse rates decreased, but female lapse rates decreased faster than, female, sorry, faster than male rates did. Um, relative to the other rating factors, however, the, the difference between the male and the female rates was not as uh, significant. And a reason for this may be due to uh, males being more risk-taking than females. Uh, looking at age, we found that younger policyholders had lower lapse rates, and this is represented well by the, the blue line. Uh, we've also given a sense of the, the distribution of exposure that we had uh, by age band, and this is represented by the gray bars on the, the right axis. A uh, couple number, number of reasons for this may be that 
older policyholders are likely to uh, have more capital, more money, and hence have a greater ability to afford premiums. Uh, they're also likely to be more settled and hence have a greater need for uh, insurance cover to ensure that they have protection in place for their dependents. Uh, again, well, we, we noticed this pattern across all calendar years. Now, the initial work that we did in 2014, as Stephen described, looked at whether we could establish a relationship between lapse rates and the economic environment. And to do this, we used a number of economic variables, some of them being uh, unemployment rates, change in real GDP, interest rates, and uh, consumer confidence. And consumer confidence was measured as per a regular survey that is conducted by FNB and the Bureau for Economic Research. And we came to a number of tentative conclusions. Uh, one of them being that we found an, there was an inverse relationship between uh, change in real GDP uh, and consumer co confidence with lapse rates, as well as a direct relationship with interest rates, which does suggest um, some evidence for the uh, interest rate and emergency fund hypotheses, which Stephen mentioned earlier. Something we didn't do last year, but we decided to include in this analysis was the use of business cycle indicators, or BCIs, but I'll discuss more of this in a, in a later slide. Now, again, this graph shows our standardized uh, lapse rates by the blue line, together with the proportional change in the standardized crude lapse rates from year to year. So, for example, the proportional change from 2004 to 2005 was about 5% higher than that of the change from 2005 to 2006. And this could be related to what I discussed earlier in the Swiss regraph in that because these products were relatively new, being sold uh, from the early 2000s, there may have been a lot more jumping between uh, insurance companies uh, in the earlier years uh, until it became more competitive. And there you can see as well uh, in 2007 and 2008 how there was a significant increase in the, uh, in the proportional change uh, due to the financial crisis. And so this shows again that um, in, that it suggests at least that lapse rates do seem to be affected by, by the insurance market dynamics and the economic environment as a whole, which is consistent with international experience. Now, this graph shows the, the BCIs, which I discussed earlier, and uh, the BCIs are just a, uh, a subset of economic indices which are used by the National Treasury to get a sense of the, where in the business cycle the economy is. And this is represented by the, the green and the, the red areas. And the green areas of this graph just represent times of positive or stable economic activity, whilst the red areas represent times of economic downturn. And in this graph, you get different types of BCIs. We're using the, the leading BCI, which is a measurable economic factor that changes before the economy starts to follow a particular pattern or trend. We've also plotted the proportional change in lapse rates year-on-year, uh, year, as I showed you in the previous graph together with the change in real GDP uh, given by the blue line. And visually, as you can see, the deterioration in lapse rates around 2007 and 2008 appears to be correlated to the change in the leading BCIs and to ch the change in uh, real GDP. We haven't done any formal statistical tests to prove this, but this would be our next step. Uh, in summary, we, we came to a number of conclusions. Uh, we found that the observations for this data set seems to be broadly uh, in line with international experience. We also found relatively large uh, differences between uh, the different companies who contributed to the study, and so it is difficult to draw strong conclusions from this analysis uh, for internal assumption setting. However, as we saw, the, the patterns between the companies are consistent and between the rating cells and over time. 
We also found some evidence of churning uh, taking place in, uh, in, in some of these companies. However, one of our main conclusions is that life insurance companies should try, should try include economic variables and policyholder and policy-specific variables into their lapse rate models, as lapse behavior cannot be fully explained by only looking at one of these particular types of variables. And this presentation may serve as a beginning into better understanding the lapse behavior of new generation, or the lapse behavior of policyholders who purchase new generation risk products in South Africa. And uh, future studies may wish to build on these findings uh, and seek other significant influences on lapse behavior. And uh, now that the, new, the, the, the market for new generation risk products has been established, future reports will be able to better monitor lapse behavior over time. And I'd just like to acknowledge uh, Andre Rasmus and Hannes Engelbrecht, two other honors students that contributed significantly to this study last year, as well as to the four companies who contributed their data. We really appreciate it. I'd just like to thank everyone here for this great opportunity and I hope you found it interesting and enjoyed it. So thank you.